Welcome to Listening Well with me, Stephanie, where every week I'm going to share some insights on how to live your best life. This week, we're talking all about overcoming self-doubt. I can probably bet at some point or another that you have experienced imposter syndrome to a degree, right? I sure have. Many, many times. The other week, I was watching David Letterman's Netflix show, My Next Guest Is, where he was interviewing Billie Eilish. And with all her wonders and recognition for her talents, even she was mentioning how oftentimes she feels like an imposter herself. Like she thinks she's faking it. It seems to be a universal condition we all seem to endure at one point or another. Imposter syndrome goes hand in hand with self-doubt and can limit our courage to put ourselves out there or go after new opportunities. It directly affects a person's self-esteem, and this is something we must overcome together. So the first tip I have for you when it comes to overcoming self-doubt is to practice a little self-compassion. I've talked about self-compassion before, and I will always, in some way, shape, or form, bring it up again, because it's just so important. The quality of our relationships with others is often a direct reflection of the relationship you have with yourself. So if you're critical and are always blaming, shaming, or marinating in your shortcomings, you may find that your own personal relationships too may be strained in some way or another. It's just the way it is. In my career path as an event MC, when I mess up, I often take these slip-ups and use them as a learning experience. I have a running document that I keep after every event where I write down all the mistakes I've made and then use the notes so that I try to not make the same mistakes again. It's like you're using your shortcomings as fuel for excellence. So instead of lingering in these moments of mistakes or when you slip up, just dust yourself off and try again. This takes compassion though, a real understanding that you aren't perfect, but most importantly, that no one expects you to be. We're all human at the end of the day, and the harder you are on yourself, the less room there is for the absorption of new qualities or lessons to learn. So we can keep self-doubt at bay by continuously practicing self-kindness and compassion, no matter what happens. My next tip for you when it comes to overcoming self-doubt is to understand when your inner parent or critic is talking. In a therapy session I had a while back, I was explaining how I experienced self-doubt in my career. My therapist then drew a triangle on the whiteboard, and on each of the corners of the triangle, he wrote adult, child, and parent, also known as the critic. Turns out he was explaining to me a psychoanalytic theory created by Eric Byrne in the late 1950s that was used to explain and understand behavior. And even if you don't know much about this, you can see how even the simple words of parent, 
child, and adult can be exhibited in your life. I got into researching on this model and thought I'd share with you some of the basics on its principles. When we're operating from a child ego state, we exhibit behaviors or thoughts that are replayed from our childhood. So these often involve the irrational tantrums or the uncontrolled moods we get sometimes. We all have an inner child, and this is part of our subconscious that has over time been picking messages way before we could process what was going on, both mentally and emotionally. Our inner child holds emotions, memories, and beliefs from the past that if not recognized and managed, will get the best of us at some point and make us respond to life from an irrational place. Because what did our inner child experience? Rejection, abandonment at times, being criticized or feeling left out, the sense of belonging that we all crave for. We all know what it's like to respond from a childlike place, right? And unlike our inner child, the adult ego state is fully present. It's responsive to what's going on in the here and now. So we aren't operating from the insecurities set from our past, but instead, the adult in us evaluates the pros and cons of any situation, asks questions, reasons logically, and most importantly, takes responsibility. But, oh my goodness, is being an adult hard? Psychologists ration that the adult grows stronger through training and use and develops best through self-work and lots of introspection. The parent ego state, on the other hand, is that inner critic we know and love so much, don't we? Just kidding. These are the thoughts copied from our parents or parental figures or anyone else of influence growing up. You know, the lecturing, judging, criticizing we have received in one way or another. Where we were always given advice or maybe even being talked down to. This is the you should voice you often hear within yourself. You should be married and have kids by 30. You should be a billionaire by the age of 40 because my parents said so. When we're operating from that inner critic space, the talk we often give ourselves often sounds like a, I could have done better, or you'll never be successful, or no one appreciates you. I mean, it's debilitating. With all this being said, it's important to know when our inner critic is talking and try our best to operate from an adult point of view. We have to challenge that critical inner voice by noticing when you slip into a bad mood or begin to doubt what it is that you're doing. Ask yourself, what caused this shift? What did you start telling yourself after the event? Consciously decide to take action against your inner critic in order to create resilience and to mitigate self-doubt. Tony Robbins says that when we stop believing everything our critic says, we can turn self-doubt into self-confidence. And eventually, your inner critic will turn you into your inner champion. My next thought when it comes to overcoming self-doubt 
is to embrace your own uniqueness. This, in a way, goes hand in hand with my first tip of practicing self-compassion. At the end of the day, there is only one you. And so even if you do have your competitors in your industry or on a company level, it's important to find your unique selling point and really hone in on your individuality. I know, it's, it's hard. It's hard not to compare yourself to others. But as the saying goes, comparison is the thief of joy. We are all on our own paths, and the ways we zig and zag will be very different to anyone else, no matter how similar your path seems to look. And not just that, everyone's idea of happiness or success is different as well. So why worry about how someone else is going about their lives? I'm a little dismayed by how so much of someone's worth is dependent on the number of social media followers they have. It feels like, mm, I don't know, such an artificial bar to determine someone's success and capabilities. But this is the world we live in now, isn't it? I only say this because I hear time and time again people comparing their follower numbers to another and really deeming their worth from that number, and it just seems unnecessary. Instead, we should shift our focus onto how we are trying to make an impact in other people's lives, no matter how many followers we have. In my industry as an entertainer, I never get down if I lose a gig over someone else because I try my best not to take it personally. I mean, maybe the client wanted someone who had a particular interest or quality that is different from my own. Or maybe they wanted someone of a younger age or an older age. Sometimes you receive rejections for things you can't control, and you should be okay with that. So embrace your uniqueness. Really dive into what your selling point is and focus on that. I can even throw in a little gratitude at this point. Because embracing your own uniqueness is really about being grateful for what you already have. Instead of being jealous of what someone else has that you do not, instead try to support what they do have. You'll notice that by spreading positivity and cheering on your friends will only reap you goodness that you never saw coming. My next tip is to find a community that you resonate with. Connection is key. And surrounding yourself with like-minded, supportive people allows you to feel a sense of affinity when it comes to your career path. Being part of a community you trust and have rapport with makes you feel supported and gives you a sense of belonging. And this in itself breeds happiness and joy in your life. Community is central to the human experience. It enhances your spirit and brings a sense of togetherness and makes us feel as though we're part of something greater than ourselves. I find that it indirectly helps relinquish self-doubt because these people always remind you how talented and resilient you are during the times when you may not be feeling that way about yourself. When I first moved to Singapore in 2012, 
I quickly found and immersed myself in a meditation community. The founder turned out to be my first yoga and meditation teacher and later became a mentor and one of the most important people in my life. For a decade now, she has provided support and mentorship to help me through instances where I doubted my credibility or authority even. But this community did so much for everyone that was involved. Every Tuesday night, she would hold meditations at her house where the community would come and sit after a long day to meditate together. Alongside these weekly gatherings, she also ran retreats and workshops, which only added to the bonding of its members. It really provided a space to heal with like-minded, trustworthy people. Because of the support I continue to receive from this group, I never feel alone. I never doubt my intentions when it comes to my career path teaching yoga and meditation. I have friends who are part of their own community as well, and they too tell me that this designated safe space has been crucial to their mental health and well-being. Communities like men's circles or organizations where members need certain requirements to join and come together. For example, there's an organization that's built strictly for CEOs and chairmen for companies worth a certain valuation. And this affinity gives these leaders the support that they need to operate at the highest level. And maybe they can only converse with people that understand the viewpoint in which they're coming from. So this support helps ease the feelings of loneliness, of doubt, and of fear. It altogether creates a bedding of confidence that may not have been able to be formed alone. And lastly, please remember your past achievements. My goodness, do we have collective amnesia when it comes to acknowledging our successes and wins, don't we? We judge ourselves for not being where we want to be and don't praise the achievements that got us to where we are in the first place. Our impatience for glory often results in premature defeat. We're bound by the shackles of instant gratification instead of trusting in the process, which can often take some time. Sometimes it only takes that one opportunity to come our way for us to quote-unquote make it. And more often than not, we need those previous years of experience and those many reps to be recognized and awarded the opportunity in the first place. We will always be our own harshest critic. This is obvious. So when we are in self-doubt, we must always remind ourselves of the steps you took to get to where you are now. If you're questioning why you are doing what you're doing, think about the seed intention you planted at the very start. And reflect on all the hard work you've done to make this happen. Think about all the times you've achieved awesomeness, even when you started out with that nagging uncertainty about yourself or your project. Things do go right more often than not, simply because you were brave enough to take that first step. It's important to remember your past achievements because oftentimes we take a fleeting negative thought 
and let it overshadow the inherent faith we had in ourselves to begin with. On the flip side, if you have failed in the past, it's important you practice a little bit of that self-compassion I was mentioning earlier. The present moment is the only one that matters and poses for a new opportunity to do well, to pivot when needed, and to learn from your mistakes so that you can make the necessary changes that will lead you to your success. Thanks for listening well. The link to our website is in our show notes, and I'll be back to inspire you to live your best life.